Clancy Pasta presents, I'm Rotting from the Inside, written by Never Silent. It started with bad breath. That was the first real sign something was wrong. Your breath is the kind of thing that everybody notices before you do, so it took me a while to realize it. But even once I did notice, looking back I really should have put the pieces together sooner, though I'm not sure it would have helped. My coworkers would stand further away from me than usual when I spoke, and somehow I never noticed the subtle look of disgust in their faces when I breathed. It took one of my coworkers, Carmen, pointing it out for me to notice. She said she didn't want to embarrass me, but it was really bad. She offered me some gum, which I accepted, and assured me she was only telling me because she figured I'd want to know. That seemed true enough, but I could tell from her face she was genuinely grossed out. I work at a plant nursery. I spend much of my day in the dirt, digging, pruning, potting, watering, you name it. It's hard work. Don't get me wrong, I like plants and all, though it can be a bit labor-intensive. I've always liked working with my hands, and with gardening you really get to see your work pay off. In general, plants put out what you put in. If you take care of the plants, they grow. Simple. I've always found it weird how much work plants take. I mean, it's not like they have gardeners in the wild. Of course, we're growing them in an entirely different environment, so changes have to be made for them to thrive. Still, I find it ironic that we put in so much work to make these plants grow, and we tear up the weeds, the plants that really can thrive without our help. Anyway, I can't go on about my situation without mentioning Julian. He's the reason I should have noticed earlier on that something was off. Julian worked at the nursery with me. He looked pretty young, but I never learned his exact age. He was the quiet type, and even though we were together often, we rarely talked, which is fine by me. I try not to judge people too quickly, but I have to admit he was always a bit... weird. Not creepy, just not very socially adept. He knew his plants, though. They were the one thing he ever talked about. Julian was in a car accident, which we only found out because he wasn't at work the next day. We all expressed our concern, but since none of us knew him very well, the concern was admittedly pretty formal. I got Carmen to help me pull up the weeds, and we carried on just fine. I wasn't sure exactly how serious the accident had been, but our manager called it rough, whatever that means. With that in mind, I was pretty shocked when Julian showed up the following day without a scratch on him. I broke the silence between us to ask if he was alright. I was trying to be nice, of course. I mean, if I had been in a car accident, I would have wanted someone to at least ask. But mostly, I was curious. If it was so rough, what was he doing here so soon, completely unscathed? That was when Julian started to act weird. Really weird. Not just the socially awkward guy he had been before. When I asked how he was, he said with the most sincerity I had ever heard out of him, that he should have died. I wasn't sure how to respond to this, so I simply said I was glad he was alright and it was good to have him back. He looked in my eyes and repeated, I should be dead. I'm here, walking around just fine, but I should be dead. I felt bad for him. I mean, he was obviously pretty shaken up, and I wondered if he should be back at work at all, but at the same time, something in the way he said it, I should have been dead, 
was a bit unnerving, and I was glad to be done with the conversation. Things only went downhill from there. The bad breath came next. Every time he even breathed in my direction, it was like someone had left a slab of meat out in the sun. I was grateful he didn't talk often, as having that awful stench in my face when he spoke would be just too much. I tried to avoid talking to him, so I didn't hear much out of him except that definitive, I should be dead. He talked to some of the others, though, something about plants and the cycle of life and death. I heard all of this secondhand, but I know he made people pretty uncomfortable. So I wasn't sad to see him go. One day, only a couple of weeks after the accident, he just stopped coming to work altogether. I assumed he had quit or been fired, which was probably a good call. He was really starting to weird people out, and I got the feeling that accident had messed with him more than he knew. I should have made the connection when my breath started to smell. Like I said before, it took me a while to notice, and even longer to remember the similarity to Julian. But it wasn't long after Carmen told me how grossed out everyone was that I started to smell it myself. It was overpowering, following me everywhere, and seeming to have no explanation. I used mouthwash, mints, anything I could think of, but it only got worse. It wasn't even like normal bad breath, it smelled like death. I thought maybe it was my diet, but as it turns out, I wouldn't need to worry about that for much longer. Pretty soon, I lost my appetite entirely. I had this constant sickening feeling in my stomach and just the thought of food made me want to vomit. I decided to take a sick day. That horrible feeling inside of me was too distracting, and I hoped it would just go away with some rest. It didn't go away. I stayed home, not eating, for days. Every time I told myself I had to eat to keep my strength up, I just couldn't do it. I never stopped drinking water, though. If anything, I was thirstier than I had been before, and went through bottle after bottle, but was never satisfied. I had assumed I had some kind of stomach flu, so it caught me off guard when the coughing started. It was like itching in my lungs, like something vile had taken residence in my chest, and every breath I took stretched and pulled and irritated whatever it was. I developed a deep, rattling cough. If you've ever had that disgusting kind of cough where you can feel the mucus in your lungs and throat, it was like that, but worse somehow. Every breath was a wheeze, and I should have gone to the doctor right then, but I didn't. I didn't know what good it would have done, but I know I made a mistake by staying home. I could feel that rattle in my chest, like something loose in my lungs. I coughed harder, hoping I could dislodge whatever it was, and in a way it worked. I coughed, and for a moment, the rattling wasn't quite as bad. It was still there, but improved slightly. I coughed again, and that's when I felt something in my throat. It almost blocked my windpipe, and I sat up from my bed and gagged. I rushed to the bathroom and knelt beside the toilet, coughing and gagging, trying to get this thing out of my throat. I felt it, whatever it was, near the back of my mouth and gagged again. At this point, it was completely blocking my air, and I was beginning to panic. I tried to clear my throat, and I could feel the thing. On impulse, I reached my hand into my mouth and tried to get that thing out of my throat. The gagging and coughing sent spasms through my entire body, and I tried desperately to grab it. I felt it at my fingertips, and finally got a hold of it. It was soft and slimy, 
but solid. I got a grip on it and pulled. It slowly made its way out of my mouth more and more, continuing from my windpipe. It was longer than I had thought. I felt it slide ever so slowly through my throat and out of my mouth until it was out completely. I could breathe again, and I nearly cried from relief. Then I looked down at it. I would have vomited if my stomach hadn't been empty. I could only describe it as a large chunk of rotten meat, discolored and coated in dark congealed blood. It gave off the most horribly rancid smell I've ever experienced. It was the same smell that had been on my breath for days now, but so much stronger. Covering part of the chunk of flesh was what I unmistakably recognized as moss. It wasn't mold or anything else. I know. It was moss. I think I may have passed out. The rattling cough remained, and the sick feeling only got worse. I was overwhelmed by the most profound disgust for my own body that I've ever experienced. This disease, or whatever it was, worked its way to my skin. It looked like bruising at first, all around my abdomen, starting around my stomach and turning my skin a deep mottled purple. I could feel my organs beginning to break down and decay, and those flaps of rotten flesh that rattled when I breathed. I don't know what put the thought in my head. Maybe it was just a realization. Maybe it was a random conclusion jumped to by my sick and malnourished brain. Or maybe I was just desperate. But I knew I had to talk to Julian. I called him, said I needed to talk to him. By now my voice had become something like a gurgle, and I had to choke the words out of my decaying throat and vocal cords. I didn't even need to explain. Julian seemed to understand immediately, gave me his address, and told me to come see him. The door to his apartment was unlocked. I knocked, but he didn't answer, so I just went in. It was a miracle I hadn't crashed my car on the way there. I could barely stand. Julian's apartment was dark. All the lights were off, but the blinds were open, letting in what little natural light there was on that overcast day. He had what I would call an unreasonable amount of potted plants in his house. They were everywhere. On the floor, in hanging pots, on the windows. Wherever there was space, there was a plant. The room I entered had a single piece of furniture, a filthy reclining chair up against a wall. In it was Julian. His skin was that same mottled purple as mine, except for him it had spread further. His arms, legs, and partway up his neck was covered in these vein-like purple lines. Only his face hadn't been reached yet, but even that was pale and sickly. If he hadn't turned his head to look at me when I walked in, I would have thought he was dead. I staggered in the room and tried to think of what to ask. What was I even looking at? I opened my mouth, but nothing came out but a choked gurgle. Julian looked at me, his eyes distant and partly clouded. He opened his mouth as if to speak, but no sound came out. Instead, he turned his face straight up toward the ceiling still holding his mouth open. His neck stiffened gradually, like something rigid was working its way up his throat. Out of his open mouth, a thin stalk appeared, growing upward further and further. It branched off in a few places, 
small leaves appearing and growing before my eyes, but the center stalk remained the biggest and continued working its way toward the ceiling. The stalk's growth slowed, and at the end, a small green bud appeared. It grew, bulging and swelling, then split down the middle and began to bloom. Huge red petals unfolded and fanned out, blossoming into what looked like a huge red rose. Julian went limp, his head falling against the back of the chair, the flower still poised above his head, almost touching the ceiling. My knees went weak. I must have run home. I don't remember any of it, but I don't have my car, so I must have gone on foot. I hope more than I've ever hoped anything before that what I saw in Julian's apartment was nothing more than a hallucination of my diseased mind. I've been lying here on the floor for hours now, feeling my insides rot within me. I am decomposing, becoming like the earth. My skin has become decayed and discolored. I feel I'm about to fall apart. I can hope it's only my rotten, diseased body making me feel sick, though I don't know how much hope I have left in me. But I swear I can feel something grow within me, something working its way up my throat. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. If you did, make sure to check out more of the author's work in the episode description and go to youtube.com slash clancypasta to hear new episodes first. And if you'd like your story featured in an episode, feel free to email it to clancypastastories at gmail.com. You can always get your creepy cool merch at teespring.com slash stores slash clancypasta store. And I hope you all have a great night. Cheers. <laughs>